This is Rudy Giuliani uh, coming to you with Call the Mayor. This show is designed for a very special purpose. I'm on the radio five days a week. I have two podcasts a week and an alert. And I'm interviewed fairly often on uh, television in particular, but also radio. In other words, I get to talk a lot. And then I have a few precious minutes on my radio shows to take telephone calls, and I am constantly frustrated. As I might say, some of my colleagues, like uh, Greg Kelly, for example. And uh, I thought uh, a while back and finally got around to doing it. Maybe it would be useful. And this is just a, a test run, what we what they call in the New York restaurant business, a soft opening. Uh, basically, two nights a week. I think this is the right time slot, six to seven, but you're going to let me know. Uh, you get to call me online on the numbers I'm going to give you. And uh, we're going to have time to have, I mean, we can't talk for an hour, otherwise nobody else can talk. But we can have a good two, three minutes, four minutes to talk. Whereas, you know, on radio, we're constantly being hit with hard breaks and this break and that break and who's break. Right in the middle, usually, are the best conversations. And then in the middle of the worst conversations, nothing happens. So this will give us a chance to talk. And if it works, we're then going to expand it into more like a bit of a conference call. I'll have some of my uh, colleagues, uh, people that you know, or people maybe you don't know but should know, uh, who will be on that can answer questions on subjects that, that you find interesting. You know, maybe, maybe I can bring Greg Kelly on, who I, uh, I'm a teammate with on ABC, or Curtis Sliwa. Or maybe I can see if we can get, um, oh, I'm get Bannon to come over unless they ban us or something, if we get Bannon to come over. And, of course, my partner on Uncovering the Truth, Dr. Maria Ryan. We do a Sunday show that's the highest-rated show on ABC on Sunday called Uncovering the Truth. It's really devoted to your opinions, but usually on a controversial subject. And Dr. Ryan is the first person to have actually interviewed a whistleblower from China, this is well over a year ago, who laid out, I didn't understand it because they were talking Chinese, <laughs> but laid out the entire Wuhan story, uh, totally unlike. There's a light when darkness calls, when you perceive someone. Can't recall, you can't recall. Employee, no, Miranda Devine, you should. She is the woman who broke the uh, entire Hunter Biden hard drive. Some uh, very uh, enterprising, patriotic American citizens uh, got it for mm -hmm. Their names were Robert Costello and Rudolph Giuliani. And we obtained it from John Mac Isaacs, who was the repairman that an inebriated and addicted Hunter Biden left it. And uh, I noticed today, in fact, it was the first thing I was going to talk about before we go to calls. And let me give you some phone numbers. We have done this without any publicity, without any uh, warnings, without anything. This is really for, um, for Rudy to practice. It's like spring training. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to have a season like Aaron Judd. But I sure won't have one like Joe Biden. 
Like, you know, if you ask me trick questions like the Pledge of Allegiance, I think I could get through it. Or, um, yeah, I do know my children's name. And I kind of remember people who died the, the last day or two. So it, it would be better than that. So the number is as follows. Toll-free number 888-627-6008. 888-627-6008. And if you would like to call us from overseas, and I have um, a fair number of people that call me overseas on WABC, 323-744-4831. That's 323-744-4831. So as I talk now, you see if any of you get this, give me a call and we'll figure out how all this, all this, uh, all this technology works. I got to tell you, Don, who, who, who owns and uh, runs PBS, put me through a, a and not, nobody ever taught me how to do this. It was just great. He did such a great job. So I'm going to start the conversation with the leak from the Department of Injustice, uh, the Department of Corruption, the Department of, I cannot call it the Department of Justice. I worked for it too long, gave up too, too much of my blood, was threatened with death too often for the work that I did for it, as were my friends and my wife at the time. Uh, I, I don't take the Department of Justice um, lightly. Now, you'll find that out as we as we talk. But there was a leak from the Department of Justice uh, today, uh, and they're all upset about it. My goodness, you know, they, they don't they didn't care when they falsely leaked, for example, and perpetuated for eight months that I was a Russian uh, agent purveying Russian counterinformation. Uh, then when it was determined that it was clearly untrue, of course, they never apologized. But today it was leaked that there will be an indictment of Hunter Biden based on the hard drive. And it is quite specific. It says as to tax crimes. Well, I can't say that specific. That could be a lot of things. And then a false statement with regard to a gun. Now, this is ridiculous, completely silly, absurd and an embarrassment. There are so many crimes on the hard drive that, um, oh, gosh, it could take you five years to prosecute. And we're talking about the bottom of the uh, bottom of the uh, totem pole. I mean, we could go right up to uh, racketeering. We could go right up to sedition. Uh, bribery is easy. I mean, 20, 30 bribes, maybe 40. Um, money laundering. Transacting, you could prove with just three pieces of paper. Of course, it's only 3.5 million, so maybe. No. you got to. So you've got, I mean, you've got uh, many, many serious crimes that will put you in jail for a very long period of time. So this this looks like we're headed for a uh, whitewash. So it'll be interesting to follow it. Well, we have a caller on line one. Name is Andrew. Andrew, can you hear us? I can hear you very well. Congratulations on your new is, show. Well, well, congratulations, and you're going to get a prize because you're the first caller. Well, being the first caller is prize enough, but... Uh, well, I'm, I'm very gonna, glad but I'm you not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you. So, what would you like to <laughs> well, talk? What would you like to? What would you like to talk about, Andrew? You, you asked. You, you, you. Well, I'll tell you what. More than anything, a comment on on your opening statements right there, uh, and just how the mainstream media, what was I would 
classified before as the mainstream media, uh, has continued to play this one-sided game uh, that protects the likes of the Hunter Bidens of the world, as you see again today. With they get they get all uh, 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 totally crazy with you the fact that there was a I am available. To, looks like we lost Andrew. We'll get him back. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, maybe he'll maybe he'll call back. And we will, and will, and I will, I will, I will, I'll go on and 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 explain to in a little more detail what I'm what I'm talking about. Uh, you should know that I obtained the first information about Hunter Biden, and and I should should even say Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, December twenty eighteen. That's a long time ago. And I was told straight out by a um, very credible source and has proven to be very credible, including to the FBI, uh, although they never used him. uh, No reason not to believe him that Joe Biden was involved in a number of bribery schemes in uh, the Ukraine in or they actually like to prefer to call it Ukraine without the article. And. I was not looking for that information. I was seeking information about um, countering the Steele dossier, which uh, I was representing uh, President Donald Trump. And uh, I had definite uh, um, conviction that he was innocent, largely because I was with him during most of the campaign. And I, I was in search of information that would help exonerate. And uh, all of a sudden, a colleague of mine called and said that such information existed in Ukraine, that, in fact, uh, it was eerie, strange, that what the Democrats were accusing Donald Trump of in Russia, Russian collusion, which, of course, turned out to be a complete, absolute hoax, uh, they did in Ukraine, and that Hillary Clinton was involved in it, a lot of her money was involved in it, Joe Biden was involved in it, Uh Proof of that, proof of proof of that, and several other high-level re- Democrats. Andrew, yes, I think I'm we back. have you sorry, back. Sorry, you lost me. <laughs> we got you back. Now you're our second caller. Well, the, so go ahead. <laughs> first and second, right there. Well, look, I, I think the point that I was making, I didn't hear the last couple of minutes, but more than anything, just this is uh, another example of of the media, uh, really just uh, protecting uh, the left and and uh, and really vilifying the right. <laughs> And it, uh, I think it's why it's so important to see these. Uh, I, what I, I wouldn't call them alternative media anymore, but I'd say competitors to the mainstream media uh, prop up. You know, one of the things that I always hear is, uh, well, Republicans, uh, it, you didn't get your message out there as well. I think, I know, I think a lot of I that know. has to do. But look, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you have uh, kind of traditional media outlets that don't want to cover Republicans uh, in so many different states and certainly nationally. And, and that's why it's so important that alternatives to your CNNs and MSNBCs and CBSs and ABCs uh, continue to fight and, and pop up. Well, you know, Andrew, uh, you, let me explain now who this is. This is Andrew, my son, Andrew, Andrew Giuliani, who just <laughs> ran in the Republican primary for governor of New York. Uh, he worked for President Donald Trump in the White House for four, uh, for four years on many, many important and sensitive uh, matters. And, uh, and he ran a very, it was his first campaign. 
Uh, he ran a very competitive race, and uh, Lee Zeldin won that race fair and square. But I think everyone felt that Andrew, for a first-time candidate, was um, kind of a star. And uh, I'm not just saying it because I'm his son. Uh, he's my son. But uh, in any event, he has a great deal of knowledge of all these things. He's lived through them for the last for the last six years. But he's a good source to ask the following question, Andrew. You, you saw with me, and then you saw with many of the campaigns you and I worked on after that, including Bush, uh, McCain, uh, Romney, uh, 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 Trump's. There's a real difference in the way they cover Republicans and Democrats. So as a Republican, Completely. you know you're going to be covered unfairly. You know that. How do you deal with it? It's a great question. And, and, I, and I think this is where the importance of, like I said, uh, other sources of mainstream media coming up and competing against them. Because if you rely, like I said, on the original mainstream networks or uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post, you know you're going to get biased coverage. Now, this, I think, was the truth probably uh, from what I've read and certainly heard from you going back to the Reagan administration, where I, I believe Reagan no said, about excuse me if I get the quote wrong, uh, he said in the mor- one morning, I-, I read the New York Times and I do the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> he did. Yeah, I think, absolutely. Absolute quote. I, yeah. I, I think to me, this is uh, this is one of the things that as candidates uh, we fight against. And, and, I, and I've certainly been helping uh, my former competitor, now the uh, Republican nominee for governor, Lee Zeldin. Uh, there was a recent poll that had him just down a couple of points to uh, to Kathy Hochul. Uh, but like anything else, there are very few people that are trying to give him the fair coverage in the state. Uh, again, because it's it's pretty obvious, it's pretty biased uh, for one uh, for, for one candidate, the Democrat, rather than uh, the Republican uh, Zeldin. What one more point on this before I, uh, I I let you I let you go and 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 uh, dispense all the knowledge that you have on this. Anybody who questions this and says it's just sour grapes uh, can just look back at the people in the mainstream media and their political donations. Ninety-three percent of political donations in 2020, I'm not sure where it was in 2021 or where it'll be in 2022, but I'm sure it'll be over 90 percent, went to Joe Biden over Donald Trump. Now, you tell me, they always say follow the money on this, and if 93 percent of those political donations are going to the Democrat over the Republican, you know where the heart and mind is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, you can do I mean, you can do all kinds of surveys where they went to school. If you just ask them, are they Democrats or Republicans? It ends up, you know, 70 uh, Democrat, three Republican, the rest independent. Um, The ones who are Republicans will tell you, honestly, they hide it because they're going to be embarrassed. And um, I remember I remember uh, the night that. I think it was CBS called the election for Bush against uh, uh, against not Gore against uh, uh, Kerry. Kerry. The, uh, the people in the uh, CBS room um, newsroom were crying. They broke down crying. It's absurd. So yeah, it does it does exist. And this, there are many points can be made about this. But the one I think the one that you made that is the most important is. We have to create, an, and I think alternative media is a fine one. I, sometimes I like to get romantic about it and call it underground media. <laughs> I kind of think, I kind of having watched a lot of Cold War movies and having been involved in ways in fighting the Cold War, I helped to develop the FISA court to go after mostly Russians. Uh, 
we're, we're like uh, the underground sources of information during the French occup- the Nazi occupation of Germany or, or, um, or the occupation of your wife's country, Lithuania, by the Nazis. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, we have to go around the big, the big uh, wall of censorship and kind of get our stuff out. And this is where, if we can make a show like this work, we help. We help get out the information that they are not going to get elsewhere. Sometimes they don't get it at all. And sometimes they get it, you know, they'll get this information about Hunter Biden's going to be indicted as if these are really serious crimes. When the real story here is, it's like throwing a fight. They've got they've got crimes on which they could put him away for 250 years and his father for 400. They also, under Rico, could seize all their money. Like that $31 million from China, the United States government could take it from them. There are many cases, white-collar cases, where people's businesses were taken away because they committed crimes. That's what Rico exists for. But I bet you look at the Times tomorrow and the Washington Post, you won't see any mention of that. If you flipped it, and we were doing this to Donald Trump, or to me, or to Bannon, or to you pick it, it'd be right on the front page. And that creates a distorted view that we have to deal with it at the, at the, um, at the polling place. So thank you, Andrew, for calling. And um, I think the election is 34 days away. Is that right about that? Something like that? I think that's right. I think you're looking at 34 days from today and uh, everybody get out there and vote and congratulate. I got to ask one on more question as long as you have, we on, I have you on and we're practicing <laughs> and we can have some fun. Just, just the truth. We, I don't think we've actually had a good long talk about. Can you believe Fetterman? Where do they get this? Oh, stuff? man. Yeah, I haven't seen the latest today that you, that you may be referring <laughs> to, but it's, it's pretty amazing. That uh, that you got a guy who is just continually. I never understood why people would vote for a candidate that would choose not to debate somebody, uh, especially in a very close race. And this is a guy who uh, I think has agreed to maybe a one-hour debate after he probably realized that it would be political suicide if he uh, if he didn't. Uh, but the fact that they're protecting this guy to the point where, and, and look, whether you know the stroke or not. This is the guy who's going to be the CEO of the state of Pennsylvania. That's that's what he's actually. I'm sorry, he's running to be the senator from the state of Pennsylvania. In a way, it's still, even worse. He's got to get up important. and debate. He's got to get up and yes. debate. You, you got to get up there and debate, and you got to show what what uh, what Pennsylvanians, uh, what what Americans, what you'd be getting as a representative right there. And unfortunately, you've got a guy who continues to hide behind uh, again a media that does the blocking and tackling for him if you will. So it seems like, uh, to make a football analogy, you have a, a media that are his left guard, his right guard, uh, and uh, and who, who knows what else. You could probably put the whole offensive line out there, and that seems to be uh, the media uh, when in relation to this. Well, I mean, it's quite interesting. Here's a guy who never worked a day in his life. He still lives with his parents. <laughs> He's never worked. And he said absurd things. As if they're like normal, like defund the police, let out 40% of the people in prison. 40%, just any 40%, I guess. He did recommend people with second-degree murder. I guess he thinks second-degree murder is like, you know, like a badge of honor. It's not first degree. 
He, and then he can't talk because of his stroke. Now, I feel very sorry about his stroke, but you don't kind of work out the rehabilitation to your stroke in the United States Senate. That's exactly right. That's well, exactly Andrew, right. If, any, if anything, he should, he should recuse himself and have another candidate step in there if he feels like he can't do the job, not sit back in his basement. But again, he saw the uh, current president of the United States sit in his basement and become president. So maybe he's taking a playbook uh, uh, page out of his playbook. <laughs> well, we'll be talking. Uh, Andrew, I, uh, I'm going to hoodwinkle uh, Andrew into being a part of the show, often as a guest, uh, not as a questioner, because you're, you're going to want to ask him a lot of questions. He's a different generation. Uh, we both are Republicans and we both are, I think, conservative Republicans. And we both, you know, are very friendly and close to Donald Trump. But we have differences, not huge ones, but important ones that might indicate the difference yes. in, um, in the, it, you know, in generations. And I think it would be interesting as one of the things to look at, you know, to sometimes call both of us and ask us, are you split on this? Because one of you guys is uh, really old and the, the other guy is really young. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> well, congratulations on the first show. Many right. more to come. Good. Thank you. And now let's go to John. John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Good. Good, John. Do you mind telling us where you come from? Yeah, I'm calling from California. I live in uh, oh, right. Ruth County all over right. here. It's a long way away. So tell us what you'd like to talk about, John. Well, you know, I uh, living in California, as you can imagine, I'm pretty frustrated with uh, the politics and the way things go around over here, um, all with the criminal justice and everything. You know, these violent offenders getting out all the time. So I was just wondering uh, your opinion on how you feel that, you know, Republicans might be able to overcome any kind of fraud or any kind of deficit that they're facing here. You want to know my my advice for, Cal- uh, me, like for California? You know, uh, really, it's yeah. the same Cal- California and New York, although in many ways we're, we're you know, uh, different in terms of geography and climate and everything else. Politically, we could be the same state. I mean, we're basically uh, Democrat-dominated states with a large number of brainwashed voters mm-hmm. uh, who vote. Uh, I know. I know. I should say it more in my state than yours. I know they're brainwashed. I mean. They've been voting for Democratic governors now for 20 years. The last two uh, they elected had to leave before their terms of offices were out because of major scandals. The only one who remained was the one who wasn't elected. And that was Governor Patterson, who really is a fine gentleman, but he was he was actually probably too honest for them to nominate. Uh, and then <laughs> our state controller went to jail, a couple of other... But, uh, going to jail as a Democrat in New York for a corruption crime, not a political crime like Biden tries to put people in jail for, like for taking money mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's kind of normal. And I think your your state, I'm not sure it's as corrupt as ours, but but uh, ideologically. I don't know, it's somewhere. It's somewhere in, uh, you know, the last couple of chapters of Karl Marx. And I, I feel like they're just trying to do it subtly, too. I mean, if um, I don't know how up to date you are with a lot of uh, legislation. I'm not. As, passed, I mean, I read it a lot. It interests me. Tell me. Tell me the ones that tell me the ones that you think. Well, I mean, resonate the most. The way they just put stuff out to the voters, too, is also super confusing. Like um, recently we had a 
option to repeal the, the gas tax. And yes meant no, but no meant yes, if you looked at the word, the verbiage on the, the recall. So everybody was confused, and everybody voted yes, thinking it would repeal it, but instead it just enacted the state to be able to raise the taxes on gas whenever they wanted and without any further consent from the voters. Yeah, yeah, we had that. We had that on propositions on our ballot that sounded like sounded like you were saving money, somehow protecting the environment, and in fact, it was going to cost you know it would be a new bond issue of like fifty billion dollars or something. But you couldn't tell that mm-hmm. because they told you how much money they anticipated a hundred years from now you're going to make from it. So you <laughs> think you're going to you think you're going to save a hundred billion. But it's going to cost you fifty billion to do it, and how you get that money back depends on whether China, you know, reduces its use of uh, of uh, renewable <laughs> renewable energy. Yeah, we do it. We do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff too. And then and then you have and then you have the nineteen eighty four just changed the meaning of words, like the Anti Inflation Act, which is an inflation act. Well, I think the only thing to, uh, that you, you got to do in California is the momentum has to, you got to vote. You got to get involved, realizing that maybe in the first couple of years, those votes aren't going to mean a win, but they're going to start to build a political movement. And yeah. I always think, I always think a political leader needs, needs a leader. You know, you need, you got to get lucky and you need some charismatic Ronald Reagan to come along. Or um, Donald Trump, or in other states, there have been people that didn't have national publicity. I remember the state of Illinois was turned around by Governor Thompson, who was a great, great governor. Um, Rock, Rockefeller did a great job in in New York. I think I did a pretty good job in New York City. You're going to get examples like that, Thompson in Wisconsin, you, and these are de- generally Democratic states. So you need somebody to come along. You know that will stir up the people and show them that it can be done. So, but 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 if you keep plugging away and you keep going at these issues, you'll be you'll be educating people. We're we're getting there. Don't yep. give up. Don't give up. It's too oh, big I won't. All right. I won't. Well, keep, I appreciate your time, sir. You have a fantastic. And go to what was that? go to go to RudyCommonSense.com. Hit All right, subscribe. I will. Thank you very much it's for your time. It's I appreciate for free. it. You'll have a lot of stuff on there that uh, you can call me about and uh, and uh, help me with. Okay. Okay, I'll definitely look into it. Thank you very much, Please, sir. John. It would be very helpful. Very helpful in my developing ideas, also. So we're going to take a short break because the time is going by really quickly. We'll take like a, a minute or two, so you can get up and well, just relax for a second. And when we come right back, we got another call lined up and. I got a whole bunch of other things to say. This time goes by very fast. We'll be back.
This is Rudy Giuliani back uh, with you. Uh, we chat with the mayor. We've had two uh, uh, calls here on our, um, don't know what I would call this, our maiden voyage. I'd call this our our test case. If it were Broadway, we'd be doing this out of town in New Haven and, and sprucing up the show and figuring out what songs work and which ones we can't remember. And if we would show Biden, we'd be in difficult trouble because we wouldn't remember any of the show. So here is a call now from uh, Dr. Maria. And uh, Dr. Maria? Well, good good evening, Mayor Giuliani. I did want to call real quickly to congratulate you on your maiden show with bbsradio.com. But I did also want to comment, you um, do these great podcasts at Rudy Giuliani CS. Dot com, which stands for common sense. And, you and I just always give it out wrong, one... right? <laughs> yes, you do. But you just released a really interesting one with Alina Haba, um, President Donald Trump's lawyer, one of his current lawyers, and she was really outlining this uh, persecution, this political persecution that the former president has been going through, and you've always been so complimentary of the FBI. You've worked with the FBI collaboratively with your mafia cases. How does some of these reports uh, that the FBI is acting in a political persecution manner affect you? Like, what, what, how yeah. do you feel? Well, uh, doctor, that's a really, I mean, that's a, a extraordinarily deep question, probably, <laughs> probably worth an article, a book, or or a few sessions with a psychiatrist. I don't know. Uh, it's a matter of great disappointment. Uh, I don't think I can emphasize for you how much it depresses me and hurts me to see an institution that I held in tremendous esteem from the time I can remember uh, fixed cases. That's what they're doing. And I've, I've known that, unfortunately. I've known that way before the public did. I found it out uh, very, very quickly and very abruptly in um, late uh, 2018 and early 2019 that they would not touch cases involving corruption, involving Hillary Clinton, Barack uh, Obama, uh, and, of course, Joe Biden. And... Uh, I didn't believe it at first. Uh, I, I unfortunately learned my lesson. They put me under investigation instead of the people that I had the evidence on. And uh, from the from the day that I um, began invest uh, began as the attorney for Donald Trump, which was in March of 2020, until the day that I uh, officially ceased being his lawyer which was uh, basically two years later, almost two, oh, more than two years later. They went and got surreptitiously my iCloud and took every message off it. What, what do you mean? They just went what into your iCloud I mean, without for those, for, those, for those of you who, who use a- Apple and uh, iPad, or I'm sure it's very similar with devices on Androids, right? You, you, you text message. Uh, they virtually have and went and took every one of my text messages from some date in March or April 
of 20, 2019 until uh, until twenty until until twenty twenty one. Two years later. Okay, hold on. I have to say, you are an American citizen, law abiding, and they just went and spied on you for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a reason. I was Donald Trump's lawyer. They, yeah, uh, they then, they you. then, they then, what? they then compound, they then compounded it because they didn't find anything, obviously, because they never charged me with anything. They leaked all kinds of crazy things I never did, and then they did a search warrant of my house, which essentially was for all the electronic equipment I have in the house, and all the electronic equipment I have in the house is Apple, and it's everything. They essentially went and got the electronic equipment that really reflected all of the text messages that they were looking at and few emails for the last two years. And after a year of doing hell to my business because I lost numbers and they returned it to me and they didn't officially exonerate me, but they leaked to the newspapers. They weren't going to file any charges against me. That's the way, that's the way a fascist police organization deals with citizens, not the way a police organization in the greatest democratic republic in the history of the world. Uh, and that's just me. And I have to tell you, I was dealt with somewhat gently in comparison to like when they did my search, they were in suits, not military gear, like they were invading Afghanistan, like they did for Roger Stone and Steve Bannon and, I don't know who do they do? Who do they just put ankle braces? Put braces. The Dr. Peter Navarro put ankle bracelets on the seventy-two-year-old man. Uh, what shocks me more than anything, Doctor, is why the people aren't more outraged. If if we if 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 Bush had done this to uh, Islamic terrorists, the Democrats would have gone nuts because they would have said even they are entitled to rights. So assume I'm as bad as an... It's so wrong, regardless of what political party you're in. And the thing that gets me with you is you are an esteemed lawyer. You had other cases. So they heard probably (laughs) private information about other clients. Yeah, sure. I mean, during that period of time when I... I mean, they, they, they go from just about the first day I became his lawyer. I was an active lawyer. Uh, it took up about half of my time. I was also a security consultant. Uh, it was before I was on ra- on radio and uh, uh, and television uh, in a regular way. And uh, so I'm not going to disclose to you the number of clients I had. I don't, I don't know if that's not privilege or not, but it, it wasn't like a tremendous number. Like if I was like I had been four or five years earlier actively involved in the practice of law. But the fact is, it was a smaller number, which makes it easier for them to pick up damaging or Im- information they can make damaging. And, and as you might imagine, the, the people that asked me to represent them they were pretty much sensitive ma- matters, a few of them life and death matters. So uh, I didn't understand it. Uh, you know, we're, we, don't, we only have a few more minutes left. And let me tell you who Dr. Maria is, Dr. Maria Mike Andrews. Uh, God willing, is going to be part of this uh, show if she wants to be, because she's a true genius. Uh, 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 she is a um, she is a nurse practitioner 
in the state of New Hampshire, which means that she can diagnose uh, illnesses and prescribe medicines uh, just about like a doctor. But in addition to that, she's a Ph.D. in hospital administration, and she's had two very big parts to her career. One is emergency medicine, the actual practice of medicine. Uh, she is an excellent medical provider. I know that having watched her. But she also was for the last uh, seven years, up to two years ago, voted uh, seven years in a row as the number one uh, rural hospital CEO for having saved uh, a hospital in New Hampshire that was going under. And um, her response to COVID was was false. She had anticipated it. Um, she handled it without any incidents. And uh, she, because she had anticipated it, she was able to help her entire state when people didn't have uh, PPP, she had m m more of it than anyone. And because she anticipated, uh, as she did in many other respects. And she also, as I said, is the one who had the first interview with the first whistleblower, a Chinese woman who, who was snuck out of China under fear of death, who way back two months into the thing, two months into the pandemic came to the united states and she eventually went on the tucker carlson show she was afraid to go on tucker's show because it was national television afraid meaning the usual uh first of all she didn't speak english very well and number two the stage fright and it was worked out by the people with her who, who we knew that may, maybe it'd be better if she dealt with a woman and she dealt with a doctor and the long and short of it is we interviewed her sort of as a prep on our Uncovering the Truth show, which may be one of the things that helped make it the number one show on Sunday. And Maria was the first to break that, that the Wuhan lab was the source of uh, the deadly virus. Uh, about that, there is no question. Anybody who tells you there's a question about that is a damn liar. Uh, if you want to question and debate, and we will on this show, and we'll bring on some of the experts, was it done deliberately by the Chinese communist government in order to um, hurt us, in order to defeat Trump? Or was it an accident which they took opportunistic advantage of so that they wouldn't be at a disadvantage? In other words, here they had a tremendous, this, 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 um, this terrible, uh, t terrible virus leaked. They had no cure for it. They're, they're supposed to be developing these viruses to develop cures, but they're extremely sloppy and they get out. And they knew they were going to lose a lot of Chinese people and they were going to take a tremendous hit to their economy. So here's what they did that is absolutely inexcusable and is a war crime. They locked down China and they sent Chinese people all over the world as ambassadors of death. Hundreds of thousands. And Donald Trump saved us a month and a half of that by cutting it off early, for which uh, the uh, de de um, demented human being in the White House at the time, pretty demented then to accuse him of being a xenophobe. And had we had him then, we would have had a month and a half more of Chinese coming in and probably another 500,000 to a million Americans dead. Luckily, we didn't have him then. Unfortunately, we did have him at the time of Afghanistan. And uh, as you will learn as we go on with this show, he's directly responsible for the death of people in Afghanistan who, under a president 
Republican or Democrat of normal sound mind would never have made the decisions that he made, like taking out the troops before the civilians. There are only two reasons you'd do that. You're demented and stupid, or you're a traitor. The second one, don't pass over too fast. He did get $31 million from China and has not made a contrary decision to their interests since he's been in, in the White House, including giving up an airbase only 400 miles from China, a very, very functional airbase that could be enormously helpful to us if we should ever go to war with China. But that's who Dr. Maria is, and she will be a part of this show as we move forward. One of the people on the panels and one of the people adding her expertise along with Andrew. And then we'll introduce some others. We'll also take your suggestions on who you'd like to hear. I know a lot of people. (laughs) Some like me a lot. Some would like to see me dead. Some even voted to kill me. That's kind of interesting, you know. There was once a vote by the commissioner of the mafia on whether to kill me. Maybe I'll say for next time what the outcome is. Well, you know, they didn't kill me. That doesn't mean they didn't vote to kill me and try, though, right? It could be. Well, they didn't, actually. They voted three to two. I always have close elections. They voted three to two not to kill me. It would be too upsetting. What is the morality of it? It would would not be good for business. So you can see we're going to have a lot of interesting things to talk about. And this is not intended for me to give sermons like I've done today, although you want me to, I will. This is intended so that, as I said at the beginning, we'll conclude that way. This is intended to make up for a frustration that I have. And I have heard from enough people the frustration that you have that we don't get enough chance to talk on uh, what they call terrestrial radio because of the time constraints, frankly. And that one of the great things that um, this new form of radio, which is taking over, it's about, even on ABC, it's about 30 to 35% of our audience, maybe more, and growing, the fastest growing part. We have a little more room for discussion. And uh, uh, so next week, we'll pick two hours and we will start uh, advertising it over the, over the weekend so that you can get prepared and, uh, and um, just don't be embarrassed. Call up and ask away and there's no question that's too stupid. Try to avoid being silly and, you know, insulting and um, although, you know, <laughs> there isn't much you can call me. I haven't been called. <laughs> and um, I think this is really necessary for us to have this outlet. I don't just mean you and me. I mean you and me as part of a much larger whole. Think of it this way as, as we conclude. We're behind an iron curtain. You know, like the old iron curtain that was the Soviet Union and Cold War. We're behind an iron curtain of censorship. There's an enormous amount of information every single day that comes to the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, blah, 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 that 20 years ago would have been covered and covered big time. That is now looked at and said, no, 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 getting too close to the election. Let's not put out that information on Fetterman. No, let's not put out that information on Hochul. Oh, gosh, he's got three scandals. Let's not have a fifth one for a fourth one for a... Um, um, uh, uh, <laughs> 
Nah, you want, you want, I guess we got to put her opponent in, uh, Lee Zeldin, who, by the way, is a fine candidate, but not top of the fold. Now let's put him down a little. We don't want a, we don't want a Republican in New York. It's a Democratic state. If you don't think they talk this way, you're naive. I know they talk this way. First of all, you can go listen to tape recordings of them talking that way. Uh, or you can talk to uh, people who have, who, have, who have turned over and gone on the other side. I mean, I'll have them on. Uh, the, how they justify it? Many different ways. End result, 80%, at least, of the mediums that bring you information in a country that is supposed to have fierce dedication to the public's right to know tells you what they believe they want you to hear in order to develop your opinion in the same way as if as Pravda did for the Soviet Union. You and I, me, Maria, Andrew, Bernard McGurk, who just died, uh, his partner, Sid, uh, all these people, all the people that you know, let's call them the right-wing commentators and reporters and journalists, they're, they're, they're all we have right now. And a lot of them, they're trying to destroy. They're trying to destroy them in terms of their reputation, keep them from jobs, keep sponsors away, get them fired. Got plenty of stories of that. But we have got to get, and we've got to keep the free press going, We've got to use um, got to use our founding fathers as a model here, and we'll quote them quite a bit. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Without that, there's no freedom. Well, God bless you, and thank you for joining in our uh, our out of town tryout. And we're going to go back look at it, and by the time we come back next week, it'll be vastly improved. Thank you, and God bless America.